everyone, and welcome to Newsies Minute. The podcast where we examine the 1982 Disney movie musical Newsies one minute at a time. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm your other host, James. And we're here at Minute 7, where we get to meet a very distraught woman. Indeed, Patrick's mom. I said that this is... This is the saddest minute so far, and also the most triumphant, and also the most air-humpy. Yes. Let's start at the top of the minute, because yeah. I did skip up, I, I skipped ahead just a skosh by mentioning Patrick's mom. I have Patrick's mom as the first thing in the minute. Yes, but the very first thing that, the first note that I have is, Racetrack only wants half a cup of coffee? I call bullshit. <laughs> of all of the newsies who would want to be just as caffeinated as possible, I find it very surprising that Racetrack is the one who's like, just give me half a cup. I mean, he's not paying for it. Yeah, exactly. That's so strange. Yeah, why is he would afraid he say he's going to have to pee? Maybe. But I mean, or I know, guarantee or... he would just go in an alley and piss on the wall. Yeah. Hmm. Now that would take, you know, 17 seconds out of his paper selling day. Right. So weird, but yeah, maybe he feel maybe it's like a he feel he doesn't want to take very much coffee because there's only a limited amount. He wants enough for everyone else. I don't that know. That could be. It could also be that that line just happened to be written in a range that was good for Max Casella. Right. right. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how the original score was written. If it ha- was given, if specific lines were given to specific newsies in cases right. like this, or if it was just like okay, and let's do Max and. Uh, Oh, Aaron, come on up, yeah. and Trey, yeah. and uh, Marty. Yeah. You guys, you're good. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. I kept I, I kept wanting to call Aaron Lore Fulton, which was not his character in nope. Mighty Ducks. No. Nope. But I did want to keep calling him Porter, but uh, oh, was that his character's name? Portman. 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 It was Portman. I did want to call him Porter though. So yeah. Here so we are. We're just doing great. <laughs> uh, I gotta find an angle breaks my heart. Yeah. You want to hear the note I wrote down about that? Yeah. There's, there's two notes. Mush saying, I gotta find an angle versus Crutchy's, I gotta sell more papes, is weird given that a big chunk of the beginning of the song is all about Crutchy and his angle. And then I wrote, wait, what? No, that's a stupid note. Crutchy has an angle. It's his crutch. Right. Right. But, but it, the song is, it, the start of the song is, I have to find a new corner to sell on. Yeah. Which is an, an I've angle, got an but... angle. I just need a place to, to push it. Yeah, right. so it doesn't make it, it wouldn't make any sense to have Crutchy be the one to sing right. the line, I gotta find an angle, because he's literally the only one who already has an angle. Is Mush the one that, that starts uh, Bottle Alley, or is that Mush? No, uh, it might be. Because, like, it's sort of heartbreaking for Mush to be like, I yeah, have an idea is. for you, but I ha- I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Like, that's sort of a weird, desperate sort of... Maybe it's maybe he's thinking, hey, Bottle Alley and the Harbor don't have any Cripples. crippled kids. Yeah. So that might work for you. I, on the other hand, have nothing but these amazing pecs. Check out these hacks. Bottle, Bottle Alley and the Harbor yeah. are chock full of ripped men. So, Mush, I've got your angle. Mush, I've got your angle. It's take off your shirt. Right. Do you know how many newspapers I would buy from that boy? <laughs> That sounds real pervy, given that I am currently a 36-year-old woman, but yeah, at the age I was when I was really obsessed with Newsies, sure. I would he was an older man. He was an older man. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the heartbreaking part is that he doesn't have his hat on. So he has those curls. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, you boy, you sweet boy. Yeah. 
Also, Patrick's mom is singing, and everything seems more sad. Yeah, so let's talk about Patrick's mom. And more specifically, let's talk about Patrick. Okay. All right, do, do you want to talk about Patrick or Patrick's mom? Well, they're kind of tied into one another. Okay. Would you like to give us background on the actress who plays Patrick's mom? You know, I'd like to. But you don't have any? I'd really like to. I have a lot of background because okay. there's no IMDb credit for her. Really? There's no Wikipedia credit for her. That's sad because that woman's got some pipes. However, I looked on message boards. Okay. You know, the real place where you find real information? Sure. And apparently it is Joanne Harris. Okay. Uh, I found a, a a fun YouTube video that I will send you to look at later and we can link to it on our, on our Twitter uh, where these two women uh, have a YouTube channel or whatever about Broadway. Okay. And uh, they have an episode called Searching for Patrick's Mom where they're trying to cast the part that she sings okay. with these people and stuff. It's very funny. And at the end, they thank all, they have the cast of people that, that was in doing the auditions. And at the end, they thank Alan Menken, someone, and Joanne Harris. Okay. So that's the only support I have to the message boards where I kept seeing people being like, I've done a deep dive and have found out that it's Joanne Harris. I didn't, sure. I wasn't able to do as deep a dive. I don't know where they looked, but here's, okay. here's Joanne Harris. Her top three. She played Linda in Act of Vengeance. Okay. She was uh, Officer Kate Manners in all in 22 episodes of the show Most Wanted. Okay. And she played Carol in The Beguiled. I think The Beguiled was where she played the 17-year-old that seduces Clint Eastwood. So, The Beguiled. All of these sound like Lifetime original movies. And, <laughs> and Most Wanted was a TV show. Right, a Lifetime original TV correct, show. <laughs> correct, I just wanted to be clear about that. She also did 11 different Simpsons episodes between 1989 and 1982, including Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, which is the very first Simpsons episode, and Bart the Genius, which is the technical first episode of season one, up through, she basically did seasons one and like two and maybe three, and she did like girl voice or like huh. boy voice or whatever, like, you know, because they do, they have women do the boy voices yeah. they're right over. Uh, her husband was a TV writer that one of the things he wrote for was the Tracy Ullman show. So okay. I'm imagining what happened was, oh, my wife can do voices, and here she is. She can, we need, a, we need another boy voice. Joanne, why don't, you, why don't you hop into the thing? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the, I guess I should have led with this probably. She was Tina in 16 episodes of 1973's Goober and the Ghost Hunters, which... Yeah, you should have led I, with I'm that so sorry, because then. I mean that's what everybody's going to know her from. <laughs> Such a Goober 19- and the Ghost Hunters. Uh-huh. I kind of want to watch. I kind of want to watch it too, just to find out. Like it's 1973, so there's a not there's a um, way bigger than non-zero possibility that Goober is like a chimp. Like I was going to ask if Goober was a dog. Right. It feels like Goober is an animal, and right. and frankly. I think I think we're going to change this into a Goober and the Ghost Hunters uh, fan cast instead. So yeah, there is also a significantly less than zero chance that Goober is an actual human child's name. Right. Yeah. So uh, Patrick's mom. That's that's what I have for her. And yeah, I said uh, I wish I could catch a breeze. All I seem to catch is fleas. Is a great line. I have subtitles on on my Newsies thing, okay. which for this song is actually really helpful and oh, not really? annoying. Yeah, because there's they're doing a lot of like Sondheimian sort of like this line is going on while this line is going on yeah. while this stuff is going on, and it's a it's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool line. So I had the I had the soundtrack um, yeah. when I was younger first on cassette and mm-hmm. then I did eventually upgrade to a CD, but it comes with the lyric booklet. Uh, I so see. I know all the words yeah. to 
all the groups. Yeah. <laughs> I can sing them pretty much at the same time. <laughs> Alice and I spent a lot of time sitting around with one of us doing group one and the other one doing group two. I love it. Sometimes we would switch off. And I have, of course, my copy of the Newsy soundtrack is the one you lent me the CD or yeah. burned me the CD or something. Sure. In some way. Which does not come with the lyrics. Correct. So I kind of feel like Joanne Harris was underutilized in this. Yes. Because she has an incredible voice. Yes. But also I can't think where they would have put her where she would have been better utilized. Right. Because she would have been, I mean, that voice would have been wasted as meta. Yep. And that's the only other female who sings. Right. Sarah has a single line. Right. In Once and for All. So really this is probably the best place to put her. I mean, she's memorable. She's one, probably one, I think I said, one of the, yeah, she's one of the highlights of the movie for me. Like So, yeah. Yeah. I, as I was watching this, I did not have time to do it before you got over here. But I was thinking to myself, I wonder how much Patrick fan fiction is out there. Oh, gosh. Because you know that there is some Patrick fan fiction out there. Now, it may not be easily accessible anymore. You right. might have to get on the dark web for it. Right. But... You know that people wrote all sorts of heartbreaking backstory for poor Patrick and his mother. It hadn't even occurred to me, but yes, that is absolutely true. I mean, there's, like, what what is the deal? Presumably, is Patrick a newsie? Does she think he might be a newsie? I've... Is she just distraught and wandering the streets aimlessly, hoping to see her son? How old is Patrick? Is he a small boy? Right. I always thought he was that boy at the, when she's, like, belting. Like mm-hmm. the like the best part of the best solo mm-hmm. in the mo- in the show. The, there's a single newsboy next to her, and I was like, I was always like, it's him. He's, he's right there. He's right Looks there. Slightly to your left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have had the same thought. I'm like, what if Patrick was in this group and just like snuck right behind her and yeah. was like, don't tell my mom. Yeah. I've also considered that like Mush or Kid Blink or someone with a nickname yeah. could also be Patrick. Yeah, too. I don't think Patrick is in that group, though. Probably not. Unless she was delirious with exhaustion and stress from having just been out walking the streets for, I can only assume, years on end without a break. Right. Looking for poor Patrick. In which case, she could have been, like, literally looking at poor Patrick and not have realized he was right there. Also, if it's been years, maybe she doesn't recognize him as a grown-up teenager. Right. I like the thought of her being like, all right, where's the biggest concentration of boys right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the nuns are giving out <laughs> bread to the nun cart. <laughs> yeah. she, she just like sketches on the back of the nun cart. And just rides around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really into this Patrick thing, though. Yeah. Because like, was he a newsie and he just didn't come home one day? Right. In which case, I mean, Patrick's probably dead. Patrick's probably dead. Or he moved to Brooklyn. Right. He's fine. Maybe Conlin. he was like... Patrick Conlon. Yeah. Maybe he was like, hey, here they have slingshots over there. <laughs> or did he just run away from home? Right. Was he never a newsie, but he worked some other job and just never came home? In which case, let's be honest, Patrick's probably dead. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Patrick's, Patrick's probably dead. Patrick's probably dead, yeah. Maybe Patrick is like... 
the curtain boy for Meta. Yeah. He just like runs the curtain up and down. Things are going great with my new mom, Meta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll get there. Because <laughs> my new mom, Meta, is definitely something I want to talk about when we get to that minute. I have mention of Weasel before we meet Weasel. Yep. And then, do you have anything else? Because I have some history. I have that this is the first split into two groups mm -hmm. uh, vocally yes. that we see. I believe in the liner notes they are called group one and group two. Yeah. And then my other note is pelvic thrusts. Mm-hmm. Boy, yes. They'd be do... lying if I said it wasn't one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the movie when I was like 14. So the pelvic thrusts, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong, are they pelvic thrust on assassination, do they not? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So my last notes are about the lines, we need a good assassination, we need an earthquake or a war. Yeah. And that line has been in my head for literally months since we were like, hey, let's do this show. And I listened to the soundtrack once through to kind of get back into it. Sure. I've had, we need a good assassination, we need an earthquake or a war in my head. Like every now and again, it'll just like pop back up. Random. Yeah. Because it's the same music as most of the rest of the song. Yeah. It's weird that those are the particular words. Because I knew what I was going to do for the Newsies Minute oh. for these lines. Okay. So, was it talk about the pelvic thrusts? I was not going to talk about the <laughs> pelvic thrusts. That's a shame. I looked up the most recent and then the upcoming assassinations, earthquakes, wars, and crooked politicians. Okay. So in assassinations, in 1893, the mayor of Chicago, Carter Harrison Jr., was killed. Okay. They probably didn't get news about that in New York. Probably not. William Goebel, the governor of Kentucky, would get assassinated in 1900. Maybe. Governor of a different state, possibly. Yeah, but that's 1900, so it hasn't happened right, yet. Right, but so, like, I did I did both, like, when was the last one they had? Okay. And then how long were they going to have to wait before they get that Got kind it. of news? Okay. So, uh, the big one... I feel and, like Chicago was... Mayor of Chicago is just as likely to hit the New York newspapers as governor of Kentucky. True. And the governor of Kentucky, one of them, I don't remember which one, was like, no one really knows who killed him or why. Oh, it was okay. just sort of like, things were shady. Okay. So he got killed. Okay. And then we just kind of got a new one. Okay. So, but in 1901, of course, uh, William McKinley got assassinated. Sure. Boy, I bet those newsboys were super happy. Oh boy, I bet they were so stoked. He was killed by anarchist Leon I'm going to go with Slogosh, C-Z-O-L-G-O-S-Z. So, who knows? Spell it one more time. C-Z-O. C-Z-O. L-G. L-G. O-S-Z. O-S-Z. I'm thinking Slogosh. Solgosh. Solgosh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for earthquakes, uh, it would be uh, seven years before the San Francisco earthquake in uh, April 18th, 1906. Okay. Uh, it was a 7.9 magnitude that killed more than 3,000 people. It was a big one. That is a big that one. That definitely made news in New York. But they're, they're going to be waiting a lot longer for an earthquake. Than for an assassination. Than for an assassination. Now, a war, uh, the Yaqui War in Arizona and Mexico, had been going on for three years and was still going on. So, Clearly didn't make it to New York. <laughs> the theoretically, could have been in the papers, was probably not in the papers. Even if it was in the papers, it's the same war. This is like the trolley strike dragging on right. for the third week. Fair. Fair. Okay, so the Spanish-American War was the previous year, which okay. is when Denton charged up the hill with the whatever. Yeah, that was yeah. during the Spanish-American War. And then the Philippine-American War had been going on for like five months. So that's, again, like war drags on for whatever. For fifth month. <laughs> right. There wouldn't be any other... I'm going to use this word. 
and I mean it in terms of like the Newsies having a cool headline. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be another like cool war until like World War One in like nineteen sixteen seventeen. Yeah. So they had a so assassination is the the hope that they have. But what about a crooked politician, James? Boy, that ain't news no more because allow me to read <laughs> because all of them. Right. I thought Tammany Hall was what I was going to go with. But it turns out the really corrupt part of Tammany Hall with like Boss Tweed and stuff was more like 1840s, 1850s. Oh, okay. And that was fixed when he died and stuff. So instead I looked up and I found on sageamericanhistory.net and I have the link. We can put it up on our Twitter or whatever. Uh, This is from a web web, uh, textbook. It basically (laughs) was uh, uh, called an article called Politics in the Gilded Age. I'm just going to read it really quick. It's really quick and that's the last thing I have. The dominant fact concerning the American um, political parties between 1875 and 1900 was that the parties were evenly divided. It was also an era in which political corruption seemed to be the norm. Practices that today would be viewed as scandalous were accepted as a matter of routine. Businessmen wantonly bribed public officials at the local, state, and national level, and political machines turned elections into exercises in fraud and manipulation. The narrow division between Republican and Democratic voters made both parties hesitant to take strong stands on any issue for fear of alienating blocks of voters. The result was that little got done. Boy, nothing's changed, huh? I think that we're, we've <laughs> actually seen a return to sort of that level of Gilded Age politics. Yeah. Because I think basically the point that it's making is people would just do it, just straight up being like, how about a bribe? And the politician would be like, sounds good. That's how I make my money. And like not really take a stand on any issues. Yeah. And then for a long time, they still did that, but like behind closed doors. <laughs> right. And now... And now we're And we're now back. it's 2019. Yeah. So in a way, you could say that some certain executive officers of the country are like a return to like late 19th century politicians. Sure. Oh, that's like a throwback. Yeah. Maybe he's a huge Newsies fan. I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> statement. He's, he's always been pulling for Pulitzer. <laughs> I mean. Come on. Break that union. Every time he watches the movie, he gets really, really <laughs> mad when it ends the same way it did the last time he watched it. <laughs> was very excited when they adapted it for the stage, hoping maybe they would change the ending. But guess what? Maybe they'll get it right. And he was like, a female journalist. We are talking about Alec Baldwin's character on 30 Rock, right? Correct. Because... 100% correct. <laughs> because I'm absolutely just sitting here picturing Jack Donaghy watching Newsies again and again and again, <laughs> hoping that the end will change <laughs> and going to see it when it premieres on Broadway and at the end just being like, oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Just take one of them hostage. I mean, oh I would God. watch that episode of 30 Rock. He fixes, he fixes Newsies. I'd watch it. I'd, I'd read the 30 Rock fan fiction of that. The spec script of fixing Newsies, the 30 Rock episode. Absolutely. Hey, uh, listeners, if you have written a 30 Rock Newsies crossover fan fiction, yeah. hit us up on Twitter at Newsies Minute and tell us where we can read it. Cause, Absolutely. Because we want to read it. Or individually, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. And I'm at Unabashed James. All right. Well, I guess join us tomorrow... Well, we continue to carry the banner. Yeah, we're going to keep on carrying the banner. For and, like three more minutes. Yeah, and, and until until some proper politicians get in there, we're going to have to continue to... Soak them for crutchy? Yep.
The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.